On today's show, we're talking about Liam Neeson sharing his thoughts on the current iteration of Star Wars projects and how maybe it's lost its magic. We're also talking about a secret Star Wars film that was in development for the past eight months, supposedly being announced this April at Star Wars Celebration. And finally, the executive of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger, has been talking about a course correction for the Star Wars unit and potential budget cuts for the TV division. Let's get started. I'm Han, and you're listening to Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. Welcome back, everybody. It's been eight months. It's been eight months since we had a show. That's a really long time. So this is officially the kickoff to season five of Han Talks First, and I've just been so busy. I've been so busy with a bunch of new projects I'm working on, and I'm finally got a chance to relax and do a podcast. And let's be honest, there really hasn't been much of any Star Wars news to really talk about in the past eight months, except for, of course, Andor, which you all know I loved if you follow me on social media. And I I wanted to do a review. I was actually gearing up for it. I did a Rogue One review, and then, I don't know, I just lost track of time and couldn't get it done. Um, Like I said, I've had a, a bunch of projects going on that hopefully I can share with you soon. But regardless we're back. We're going to start doing these regular shows again, and I have some interviews lined up with some more Lucasfilm employees or, um, you know, people who have worked in the Star Wars world before. I can't announce it yet, but it's coming, so look forward to that as well. And today we actually have some interesting stuff to talk about, so let's just start off by talking about Liam Neeson. So, Liam Neeson is no stranger to giving controversial statements, and not just in Star Wars, but in in life. He's always been that way. And a couple months ago, if you remember, he was asked about what he would think about actually coming back to Star Wars. This was before Obi-Wan had come out. And we all know, obviously, he made an appearance in the finale. But at the time, he had said he would love to come back if it was for a film. And he, I quote, had no interest in being in TV because he's a snob about television, and he thinks the films are more prestigious over a TV show. My interests kind of align with that. I kind of agree with him there. Um, But he was just asked a couple weeks ago uh, roughly the same question on a show. I forgot what it was called, but I have a clip here. And he was asked if he would consider coming back for a spinoff television series, and here's what he had to say. No, I'm not. It's, uh, there's there's so many spin-offs of Star Wars. It's diluting it to me, and it's taken away the mystery and the magic in a weird way. You know, uh, it was it was nice to do the little bit with Ewan uh, after 25 years, 24 years. You know, did a TV version, and <laughs> I appeared in the last episode. I had three lines to say. Two lines. <laughs> Two lines. And that was cool. I loved it. So, is the magic gone from Star Wars? The reason why I think this is such a relevant topic to talk about right now is because we're seeing a lot of this speech for Marvel, especially how Phase 4, a lot of the fan base didn't didn't know what was going on. They didn't understand the continuity, the big picture of it all. It just felt it felt different than the previous three phases. And the comments that Dave, uh, Liam Neeson was talking about here remind me of what people are saying about Marvel at this time. Now, I agree and I also disagree on some of the, some of the points of view. As far as 
the overall big picture for Star Wars. I don't think that's as relevant to say it's lost a direction or a sense of where it's going. I think they've been developing projects for the past three years. I mean, the last film was 2019. And I think Favreau, Filoni, they're working on their own sect of the Mandoverse, which we'll talk about more next week. And, But at the same time, the magic as far as a creative overall creative vision for what they want to accomplish, I kind of see what he's saying. And as far as the creativity is not all there, it's very disarrayed. I mean, you don't have that one person who's overseeing everything, like how George Lucas was in charge of the mythos of Star Wars, and then he would bring in other collaborators to expand upon it. And in this case, you would assume that Kathleen Kennedy would have been in charge of that position. Dave Filoni seems to be kind of shepherding that for certain projects, but not the full spectrum. So I kind of see what he's saying there, but it is a little disappointing to hear now that it sounds like he's made a decision. He doesn't want to come back at all, but I'm curious, what do you guys think in the comments below or on social media? Let me know. Do you think the magic in Star Wars is totally gone? So the next thing that we're talking about today is about this secret Star Wars project that supposedly has been in development for the past eight months. Now, I'm sure some of you have heard about this, but Damon Lindelof, he is a writer most notably uh, recognized for his work on Lost. He's a friend of J.J. Abrams. He's a great friend of Jon Favreau's. They've worked together before. Some other projects he's worked on are things like the Watchmen TV show, Tomorrowland, World War Z, Star Trek Into Darkness, Prometheus, Cowboys and Aliens, and so much more. So this report is coming to us from The Hollywood Reporter, and it says that sources tell them that Lindelof has been writing a new Star Wars script with Justin Britt Gibson. And Justin Gibson is one of the writers on The Strain, which I actually really liked the first season of The Strain. I'm not sure which one Justin was writing, but... I like the first season. It was also reported that there was a secret writer's room after Star Wars Celebration last year. And the collection of people in that writer's room were Britt, Damon, Rana McLeaden, who was a producer on Obi-Wan, Patrick Somerville, and Andy Greenwald. Now, most of these names I don't recognize at all, but this was the group of people that it was reported were apparently in a writer's room after Celebration. Now, what I think happened was celebration last year, we went, it was great, it was a great time, a bunch of fan, you know, <laughs> exploitation, they loved hearing about the different panels, the TV shows, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen came for Attack of the Clones, but there was no movement or no announcements of any kind about Star Wars movies, which is so weird to think because... Star Wars for the past 45 years, it was really all films. So that was kind of strange. And I think what happened was they heard a bunch of feedback or heard a bunch of people talking there about, oh, I thought we were going to get a Star Wars film. And they were like, okay, we really got to work on a Star Wars movie. Taika didn't work out. Patty Jenkins didn't work out. J.D. Dillard didn't work out. Um, those guys who did Game of Thrones didn't work out. It just keeps happening over and over. And so I guess they called in an old friend of Favreau and JJ's. This is just my theory here. Uh, Damon Lindelof. And said, hey, can you organize a writer's room? And can you get us somewhere in the right direction of getting a new Star Wars movie? So the report goes on to say that this is going to be 
a standalone film that could potentially lead into more films. Now, another bit of small speculation that I've seen online is that it could have the return of Daisy Ridley as Ray in the new movie. Now, regardless of what you think of that, let's look at that theory a little bit. So a couple months ago, also after Celebration last year, Daisy Ridley was seen at Lucasfilm. Not seen, she actually posted about it on her Instagram, and she said she was there having lunch. Now, why would Daisy Ridley need to be in San Francisco? So what was she doing there? You know, it's interesting. She must have been there for a project. I mean, just to go there for lunch, that's a lot. I mean, I would go there for lunch, and I'm probably never going to get to work on a Star Wars movie, but whatever. So that's the speculation, and it's somewhat believable. What would you guys think if Daisy Ridley came back to a Star Wars film? That leads me to believe that if this is true, it's obviously going to take place after the sequel trilogy, which I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm down, I guess. I just, the Star Wars I want to see, I want it to include, you know, the light side, dark side, the force. I want it to include lightsabers. You know, I, I don't need all these stories that we're getting taking place right after Return of the Jedi or before the sequel trilogy. I really don't care when it takes place. I just need to see those staples of Star Wars put into my storytelling, and then I'm, I'm totally sold. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. The last thing we're going to talk about today is Bob Iger. So for those of you who don't know, he's the returning CEO of the Walt Disney Company. And he, was, he, he retired about three years ago. He's been brought back because the previous regime kind of dismantled all the things he put together, and he has been brought back to kind of reassemble it in, in a way. And one of the things that he made very clear a couple of weeks ago was that he is doing a complete reevaluation of the Marvel and Star Wars brands, and he wants to make massive correction, and that was what was stated in the Variety article, to how they are running their businesses. Now, this was mostly, all the things that I'm going to mention now were mostly, mostly directed towards Marvel, but he did also mention that the Star Wars model going forward would follow that of the Marvel fiscal discipline. So what it all comes to is he has decided that Marvel films, the profitability is, yes, it's there, but they are spending way too much money on development and production for these films, and it's just not justifiable, especially for the Disney Plus um, streamer. So the thing is here, mainly... They have the theatrical model for the movies. That's great. That brings in revenue, profitability, all that kind of stuff. But the problem is they can no longer license those movies to other streamers or to DVD sales, Blu-rays, all that kind of stuff because it goes straight to Disney+. Plus. So they make no more extra revenue. It's the theatrical window, the movie theaters, and then it stops making money for the movies. And that's a big problem. And with the TV shows, there is no profitability from that. And the budgets on those Marvel shows are so incredibly high. And they're extremely fast-tracked, too, which is aside the point. But the same goes for Star Wars on the TV shows. I mean, $10 million an episode for The Mandalorian is ridiculous. Now, to be fair, there was a lot of R&D put into those projects with things like the volume and the special effects technology. And, of course, the talent. you got to pay your actors, obviously. And all of this has been coming out recently about how... Bob Iger wants to cut budgets for the 
Disney Plus TV shows. And it makes sense. I mean, the budgets were way too high in the first place. Now, obviously, I don't think this is going to affect The Mandalorian. That is their flagship series for their streamer. But I do think it's going to affect shows going forward. Things like Andor, which already has a cheaper budget because it's shot on location and real sets, which is so much cheaper than building virtual worlds. But things like Ahsoka we might see problems for. And who knows what else. But it's an interesting interesting topic. I mean, if you look at, look at this too, this is kind of aside the point, but it's really interesting. The new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out, Indiana Jones 5, The Dial of Destiny, reportedly had a $350 million budget. And this was reported from the uh, tax accountings from the UK where they shot it. So it's accurate. $350 million was the production budget for that film. That's insane. But if you think about it in perspective to the other Lucasfilm projects throughout the years, it's the most expensive Lucasfilm movie to date. That means it's more expensive than any of the other Star Wars films. Isn't that crazy to think? Just the fact that they put all these resources into it. And of course, there's caveats. You know, they, they were in production for pre-production for years and years. And of course, they had COVID that got in the way. So interest went up. I understand. But that's a huge budget. And basically, Disney has just been reevaluating their slate of films. And I think also a part of this is because Bob Iger, when he originally purchased Lucasfilm, it was because he wanted Star Wars movies. That was the goal. The goal wasn't to make Star Wars television. There's no way in the original pitching for George Lucas and the Disney board that he was like, we're going to make Star Wars TV. No way. It was definitely movies to continue on the legacy of Luke Skywalker, the Force, and all the magic, you know? And I think part of the problem is, and we talked about this on the show last year, was that there is a massive development fund for Star Wars television right now. But there is very little of that being allocated towards the movies because four years ago, it was announced they were going on a hiatus. And since then, tons of movies have been put into quote, development, but there's been no movement on it. And it's kind of frustrating. And I think the lack of movement, it only means that they're paying people loads of money to develop all these projects that are never going to happen. And now the focus has been determined on one project, this secret project helmed by David Lindelof, Damon Lindelof. So we'll see. We'll see if it happens. Who knows? But all this is really interesting stuff. I hope this means... It'll be announced at Star Wars Celebration this April. At least some movement on a movie, things like that. I think it can only help the franchise. I think controlling their output is key. I think they need to stop focusing on so many television series because then they can focus a little bit on the more, more on the movies. And if you perspectivize it, you know, Lucasfilm is a very much smaller studio than that of Marvel. Marvel can handle it. Quality might not be there, but they can handle it. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments or on social media. Everything is at Han Talks first. Thanks for joining us back here again. I'll try to do some live episodes coming up soon and stay tuned for next week too. But feels good to be back. Feels good to be talking Star Wars. I might be a little rusty, but I'll get back into it. I hope you guys have been well. Let me know what you think of the thoughts today and we'll be back next week. Until then, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. Who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.